For much of written history, world events followed charted routes. Oracles and seers mapped out the future in the stars above, and their prophecies always gave a reliable view of the ages to come. Until a god died a century ago. No one saw that coming, and now the old prophecies are failing. Oracles go mad and seers desperately try to account for the loss of the future. While some cry out that the world is at an end, they've been doing so for a hundred years now, and the world is still here. It's just unclear where things are going. The future of Galarian is open, ready to receive the triumphs and failures of a new generation of heroes. Welcome to Rise of the Rune Lords. When we left off, a creature from the plane of negative energy came through the last moments of the portal after destroying the negative energy machine thing. I do not believe we did identification of it. Did nothing. Not yet, no. Nope. There was big bada boom click. Yeah. Yeah. It said hi, and then we session was over. Can yep. you guys give me directions to Tim's? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get a box of dots. So getting dots today. <laughs> so let's do that identification thing for those that can see it, which is Barmy walks with birds, Marana, and arguably a Teppa, but maybe not a Teppa. I don't think her angle can see it. Ben might have an angle on it. No. Oh, yeah. Finn can just barely see an edge of it. Oh, yeah. It is barely indeed. Into the square. Not so much the token. Yeah, just into the square. Yeah. Yep. I don't see an edge of a token or anything, though. That's fine. The square counts for me. All that little sliver means I can see that square. Yeah. For the purposes of line of sight, line of effect, that's how the tokens work. Okay. You can see into the space it's occupying, therefore you can see it. I can see through walls. <laughs> I am powerful. What uh, check do you need, uh, GM? This will be a planes check. Or a religion check. Hmm. Religion it is. Yeah, I'm going to do religion too because it's higher. Those of you rolling religion immediately identify this thing as an undead. Those of you rolling planes know that it is from the plane of negative energy. That it is extra planar. You just barely failed to identify the planes aspects. Walks with birds. Okay. But otherwise everyone identifies. Finn, Walks, and Marana all identify with religion. What this thing is. You see a nightwing which is an enormous bat-like creature shaped from utter darkness. Its eyes, tiny red stars in the blackest night. It is a huge undead extraplanar nightshade. So Marana and Walks with Birds both get two questions and Finn gets math questions. 
What's the DC? 24. So I want to say five, but I could be off. It might be six. It's a lot. Six. Quiet skill check coming in for 50 questions. How many hit dice does it have? 17. Let's go with special defenses. Any of those? You know that it has a lot of defenses, but nothing that would be considered a special defense. You do know from this check that it's got DR immunities and spell resistance, but you're not privy to any details thereof with that question. Okay. But it did get you a smattering of info, which is good. That is it. All right. Murata? Can I get, like, full typing and subtypes and everything for this thing? Yes. Chaotic evil, huge undead, and then the parentheses is extra planar and nightshade. Okay, so not outsider. I don't know if that's a subtype or... That is a good question. Outsider is its own keyword. Sounds like this is an extra planar undead rather than an outsider, technically. Correct. That's how I'm interpreting it. Okay. Interpreting? I just wanted to make sure for one of my spells. I think when they say extra planar, they mean outsider and just wrote the wrong thing. Because I'm looking at the creature type and subtypes right now, and I'm not seeing extra planar on the list. Wait, they're synonymous? I think they might be. No, extra planar is normally a modifier to another type, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's it gets slapped onto you whenever you leave your home plane. The exceptions being when you're on a transitive plane, such as the astral, ethereal, or plane of shadow. So technically, it's an outsider because this is not its home plane. Right. Yeah. How about I do this? I will link you the spell that I'm thinking of, and you can tell me if it's applicable or not. Yes. Okay. Second question, special attacks. Nightshade type. Nightshades are monstrous undead composed of shadow and evil. Nightshades have the following traits. They always have low light vision, a desecrating aura, a 30-foot radius emanation equivalent to a desecration spell centered on the creature itself, undead within the radius, including the nightshade itself, gain plus two profanity bonuses on attacks, damage, saving throws, hit points, etc. They channel negative energy and all of that is increased by plus six while in this aura and the aura can be negated by a dispel evil but a nightshade can reactivate it on its turn as a free action if it's been dispelled in that way. The desecration aura suppresses and is suppressed by Consecrate or Hallow. Both effects are negated within any overlapping areas of effect. They can channel negative energy as a cleric of an equal level to its base CR. I can use this ability a number of times per day equal to three plus its charisma. It has dark sense. Nightshades gain true seeing in dim light and darkness. Regardless of light conditions, they can detect living creatures and their health within 60 feet as blind sense with death watch continuously active mind blank and non-detection prevent the latter effect but not the nightshade's true scene 
Light aversion, nightshade in bright light becomes sickened. The penalties from this condition are doubled when the nightshade is in natural sunlight. And then summoning. Nightshades can summon undead creatures. They can only summon within areas of darkness, and summoned undead cannot create spawn. The exact type and number of undead they can summon vary according to the nightshade in question. And then you said special attacks? Yes. All right. They can channel energy, as stated. And they also have uh, an ability called Magical Drain, which is when they bite you, they eat the magic off of you or out of you, however you want to phrase it. When a Nightwing bites a foe, the victim must make a will save or one spell effect currently affecting them immediately ends as if dispelled. Determine which spell is drained randomly from the target. Then the Nightwing heals damage equal to twice the level of the spell drained. Hit points in excess of maximum are instead gained as temporary hit points that last for one hour. A Nightwing can attempt to sunder magic items with its bite. Its magic draining ability then renders the item non-magical for 1d4 rounds, if the item is a permanent magic item. It drains 1d8 charges, if the item has charges, or it renders permanently non-magical, if the item was a single-use item. The item, or its wielder, if the item is attended, being wielded, held, whatever, can resist this effect with a will save. Damage dealt to the item is applied after the effects of magic drain are applied. And that takes us to Warren's questions, which you have six of. Yep, well, let's do an ecology. There it is. The least of the known types of nightshade, the nightwing, is nevertheless a deadly foe. Nightwings often serve more powerful nightshades as aerial support. These nightshades are also the most likely to be found serving a non-undead master. Nightwings are often used by powerful mortals as guardians or sentinels. Despite this, Nightwings still hope to someday slay any master they serve. They either enter servitude primarily as a method of aiding a destructive or murderous mortal in their task of mass murder, which, once the task is over, or if at any point the Nightwing believes its master is slacking in its murderous duties, it, it swiftly turns on them. A Nightwing found in the material plane not in the employ of a more powerful master is typically encountered in rugged terrain where there are numerous locations that can provide shelter when the sun rises. The monsters prefer caves and abandoned buildings for this purpose. A Nightwing's body is 20 feet long, wingspan of 80 feet, and weighs 4,500 pounds. Damn. Okay, so what is the DR? 15. Needing both good and silver. Okay. Best and worst save. Best is will, worst is reflex. And AC. 29. Uh, let's see. Uh, what's the speed? 30 foot on land. Uh, if they can fly, it's 60 feet. It appears to be cramped here and unable to fly. Which seems to be enraging it. Alright. Those are my questions. All right. Is there any time at all to do an action before combat starts again? Yes. 
You'll have maybe one round as it's emerging from this portal and entering into the area. I would like to draw my scroll of heal and use it on me. I'll just cast mirror images. Is that kosher? Oh, yeah. Totally cool. fine. Okay. I assume people are generally making a commotion that there's a problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if anything, Barmy will just think, say, I'm too tired for this shit. I mean, if we get a full round, move up to get some idea of what's going on and then just cast taste on the group. Any other pre-combat actions? I think I still have my bow and arrow ready. Don't I? Assume a defensive stance. Yeah, me too. Okay. Barmy, start us off. Okay, good. That's fine with me. We are doing a fainting flurry on Shadowbat. Just be done. All right. Nat one misses, as always. But how about that faint, though? It is flat-footed. Faint works. Yeah. At least that'll help out the rest of the group until my next turn. Your third attack will miss. The other two hit. All right. As long as there's no reduction because of adamantine, lawful, cold iron, silver match. You need both good and silver. So it's minus 15 from every attack or damage source. Damage source. So each attack will have minus 15 to it. Uh, acid will go through. Okay. 54 total. Okay. Marcus, you can now see this thing. I'm just going to cast this missile. Does it have SR that I need to overcome? It does. Okay, I'm not doing any fancy stuff, so... That will fail. Yeah. Okay. A tepa. Yes. From where I stand, I can't see the creature, so... Maybe if I move up here... I mean, from where you are, you can draw a line from one corner to the back end of the square without the wall getting in the way. Given your ability to ignore cover, you can see it. Yeah. You're good, though. Yeah, you're good. Okay. If it, I trust you, so I will take aim and shoot. Fire the laser! All right. Let's see if it survives this. That's no moon. Attack four will miss. Attack three does not confirm the crit. All other attacks hit and will have their damage totaled minus cold. Cold is immune. Okay, so it's ignoring cold, so. And then after you total all of that up, remove 15 because of clustered shots. We don't take off each attack. <laughs> That's including the minus 15. Damn. All right. I believe that will finish this off, but let me confirm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Christ almighty. It, it slumps onto the floor. Or does it? No, it, it's it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I heard a noise. My door was slamming shut. What's going on? Out <laughs> 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 
Uh, Not today, Shadow Bitch. Imagine one of us getting ganked before we even had our chance to get coffee. How rude would that be? (laughs) He didn't know. And he learned today. Yeah, well. That's pretty close to how I expected that combat to go. Okay. That's why you don't open the door if you don't have a peephole. He just got Pinkertoned. Wow. Moving on. Combat's over. Do you stand around for a few moments to, like, take in that it's done, or...? Walks will give a ceremonial head bash with his hammer. Okay. But, uh, otherwise we'll proceed with whatever loot collection efforts go on. Still feeling the effects of the big spell from the last combat. Barmy's just gonna lay down on the pile. Uh, tired. Wrong there, Barmy. I'm just feeling a bit exhausted, that's all. Didn't even do much, and I'm just very tired. Those of you searching Asvin's remains will see his robes and everything, and then mixed in with the ashes and the clothing that's piled on the floor, you find a staff of hungry shadows with ten charges, bracers of armor plus five, headband of vast intelligence plus four, which has ranks specifically tied to it in knowledge, nobility, and spellcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a ring of protection plus two. And a contingency statue. Yeah, and a little statuette, which has the contingency spell cast on it. You're not sure what the um, spell effect the contingency does or what triggers it, however. thought that was just the focus for contingency. Yeah, it's the focus of him casting contingency on himself. Fairly certain. Considering I use it. Okay. The way it's written in the book, it makes it sound like the statuette is the contingency, and having it on him is what allows it to work, not that it is a material component or foci. But if that's how the spell is intended to work, then that's probably just an editorial thing. Yeah, contingency has a focus requirement of an ivory statuette of you worth 1,500 GP. Yeah, this one is worth 2,000. And it makes it seem like it could be used by anybody. It it doesn't specify that it is of him. Which is why I think this one's, like, different or weird. Did the Nightwing have anything on it? Uh, No. Okay. I feel like we just killed a child. I feel kind of (laughs) dirty. 17 HD child as a player or as a character because it, it was undead I'm admitting to no felonies on on record <laughs> <coughs> just whistle nonchalantly you say this assuming that there are actually laws in this plane I know there are laws in real life as a player. Anyway. Hence the laughter. I mean, we commit plenty of murder. I don't think it makes a difference who we murder. <laughs> murder doesn't have an age requirement. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Toddlers with knives. Oh, no. <laughs> that went the other direction. <laughs> so shall we uh, clear this place out? I don't think we ever found the dude's phylactery. 
Yeah, we should have a look around just to make sure. It's probably done something yep. tricky with it, but you never know. I'll uh, take a more in-depth look into these alcoves and statues before I leave the room. Yeah. All right. Over in y'all. All up in that shit. Over here. Back here. Perception check. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, you find a secret niche in the westernmost alcove. In this small area, positioned behind one of these statues, is a uh, tiny cache of books and magical supplies geared towards the process of infusing a complex with wraiths and negative energy. The books here are similar in nature to those found in the laboratory area. In addition, you find two scrolls of plane shift and a scroll of binding. Ooh. Sitting near the back of the cache, held down by a slender wooden box, within this box rests a tuning fork. Do I recognize it as a tuning fork? Yes. Okay. Especially since Marcus has used it to do the plane shift earlier. Assuming it is a, a foci for plane shift. Anything else in there? Uh, no. What happens if you hit the tuning fork? Yeah, I'll ding it. Is it just a normal tone? or? It, it makes a very nice tone. Okay. I, I don't know what note it's specifically tuned to, but it will ring out with, with that perfect note, ting, whatever you want to ring. However you describe that tuning fork sound, it's, it's initial hard strike, and then it just kind of resonates and rings out, slowly growing quieter as the vibrations slow and stop. Hey, Marcus or Fen, I think these will make more sense for you two. And Mox will share the, the scrolls of plane shift, the scroll of binding, and the tuning fork. Marcus, you will immediately recognize that this tuned fork is very similar to the one that you just made and is also attuned to the Runeford's demiplane. Oh, interesting. He could come and go. That's tuned to here, to this plane. All right, Atepa, as you're looking around this this room real quick, the ceilings rise to a dome 30 feet above, while the floor drops away into a dizzying pit. A cross-shaped bridge of marble stretches across the pit, allowing access to the four sets of iron double doors. Four best-relief carvings of incredible detail have been carved into the curved walls of the four corners of the room, each under a word written in spiky runes. One holds aloft a sprig of grapes, and a loaf of bread. One holds a wedge of cheese and a huge haunch of meat. Another wields a platter heaped with candies, and the last simply stands with arms crossed, his mouth wide and grinning to display his teeth that have been filed to points. Below each carving, the wall drops away into the darkness. Set along these depths, dozens of burial niches containing stone sarcophagi are visible. Did you say there were wordings? Can I read? It is not in Thessalonian. So all of you who are expecting to read Thessalonian here, while the runes seem similar, it is meaningless to you. Any check to see what it is? Uh, it would be a linguistics check to 
know the language. And I think Marcus might have a tongues spell up, if memory serves. Barmy has permanent tongues. Okay. I think he's what you're thinking of. Correct. Then Barmy would be the one who recognizes these words as family names. Like I said, it's not Thessalonian, it's Assholian. Marcus recognizes that this language is ancient Gatash. Uh, it is spelled G-A-S-T-A-S-H. Gastash. And Barmy, you know that these are the names of four noble houses. I do? Yeah, because you can read the names. But I wouldn't think that would make me know they're noble. It's a mausoleum-style burial. That's Okay, by reference of the environment, it's it inferred. I get it. Got you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was like... What? No. Wrong historian, buddy. I didn't Gugus that. <laughs> These names are Inib, Gorean, Anastrin, and Zeriok. How noble are these tombs? Well, they are four families that are entombed in the Runeforge. They must have been very high aristocracy in ancient Thessalonian. Or even maybe pre-Thessalonian? So I'm looking at very fancy tombs or pretty basic, noble. They are very fancy. Oh, okay. That's just going with my appraise. Uh, do you think he could have hidden that item in one of these graves? A tip and points at them. Let's find out. Yeah, there's only one way to check. I, I did have one question, though. So I'm only able to speak Thessalonian, but I can understand any language, right? Because of the way that we did the oh, tongues. Oh, we tuned tongues. Um, well, I can understand any, but only speak one from the tongues bonus. One language at a time? There's some debate on how it works. My personal thoughts on how tongues work is you speak in your common, essentially, but everyone else hears the language that they associate as their first language. So everyone can understand you and you can understand everyone. Because no matter what anyone speaks or whatever you read, it just comes through to you as common or whatever your natural language is, your first language. So I don't even know what language it is, but I, I know what it says. Exactly. Or what people say. Okay. Correct. Gotcha. Thank you. That's always been how I personally interpret tongues. There are other people that consider it very differently. So it just depends on personal flavors. Walks with Birds, you mentioned doing something. These sarcophagi are underneath the level of the bridge, going down into the, the abyss. Let's float on down. As you float on down, Barmy sits staring at the gap, knowing that he can't make that jump right now. We all float down here. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think I will. You say float, I say fall. Feel free to move me wherever I need to go. Off character, are there doors where my choking is? Yes, that there are. Would you like to open them? No, I will point <laughs> out to the rest of the group that there are double doors here and we haven't investigated them yet. And I try to use my perception to see if there is anything nasty hidden. You can tell that there is a empty 
space behind there, what seems to be a large room of some form. But beyond that, you don't hear anything. No sounds of movement, no sounds of breathing or anything like that. And I don't see any hidden traps or something? You do not. Mm-hmm. What do you think, guys? Should we open? I don't detect any traps either, right? Even magical? Because I know Atepa has good perception, but only I can really see the magical traps. No traps. Okay, I think it's clear. That seems good. I got your back. Actually, I prefer to have your front. Get behind me. I don't need anything touching you. Uh, oh, this door's so heavy. Walks with birds. Are you coming back up after you've smashed a couple of these sarcophagi? After I've smashed them all. Yes. After you've smashed them all. So you're going to be occupied for a while from the sounds of it. Are there like hundreds? From where you were on the bridge, you could see dozens of rows. Each row had a few sarcophagi on each of the four corners. Oh. And that's when it vanished into darkness, into the void. You don't know how far down it goes. Then, yeah, after about a half dozen, you know, the same thing turn up. No. Okay, then, yeah, come back up. All right. You were just smashing sarcophagi and breaking the bones of the preserved bodies within. Were they, though? I think their souls were trapped here. All right, opening the door. You open the door and a single sarcophagi of gold sits atop a white marble plinth at the far western end of this wide hall. The bas-relief lid depicts a handsome man holding a sprig of grapes and a bottle of wine crossed over his chest. The eyes are large, star sapphires, and the grapes appear to be individual gemstones that could be worked free with the right tools. Five wide alcoves in the room are carved with dozens of narrow niches, each of which contains a different bottle of what appears to be wine. Standing in front of the sarcophagus is a golem. The golem resembles a woman with the lower torso of a serpent and a Sahedrin rune for a head. Identifiable with knowledge religion checks. Can I see this thing? Once you get into the room, you'll be able to see it. So those of us that aren't in yet can make the checks? Yeah, just making the checks now for simplicity. Oh, wow. Oh, the negative penalty. Yeah. Low rolls. Uh, Needed a 30 or better. So, Marana does not identify. Fucking rip. But Marcus, Finn, and Walks all recognize that this golem is sculpted to resemble the goddess of runes, Lasala. Countless runes, which are prayers to the goddess, are etched into its clay body. The golem is also plated in iron. It is not an iron golem. It is a standard clay golem that is wearing armor, as if it were wearing plate armor. Okay. So she looks like a naga, basically. Very similar, but instead of a creature's head, it is a rune. 
the, the seven-pointed star rune. Mm, okay. So it's like the Thessalonians version of a statue with a TV head. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, it's, yeah, uh, kind of. It's siren head. <laughs> On Pathfinder Naga's light, almost fully snake, just having a face. Or am I misremembering? They've got arms. Oh, okay. But different variations, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're more fully reptilian than the uh, Lamia that you've encountered, where they ah. have, like, the bottom half is snake and the top half is humanoid. Right, the Lamia, yeah. Do you guys want me to go in first, or just standing outside the room? Out of character, have we had the questions yet? It's just a clay golem. Just a clay golem. Clay golem construct. That's it. Yeah, I will move into the room slowly as I as fast as I slowly can looking around for traps moving when I can towards the golem to see if it's a trap etc etc alright on sight of Barmy it begins moving and that's what I thought would happen you're not feeling this you should probably hang back I'm just a bit worn out mentally. Uh, no, it's not even mentally, it's physically. I'm trying to keep up with my body. Or is it the other way? I don't know. I'm going to hit it. That is probably the worst initiative I've ever rolled with a result of two. Good job. That's amazing. Are you sure we're not in the hollow sloth for this column? Initiative roll. I don't want to. <laughs> All right, Marcus, you get to go first. We spent enough time that haste went down, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Walks went all the way downstairs and smashed things and came back up. Yeah, that's, that's more two than two minutes. That's more so. than two minutes. Yeah. Okay, haste gone. Oh, he's definitely coming right for us. Yeah. Okay. Prayer is gone. Uh, yeah, prayer, uh, prayer will be gone. I will gone. just recast haste then. Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. Be that way. Because this is, this is a golem, so I can't do much against it directly. Uh, Barmy. I'm assuming Bless would have fallen off? No, Bless is minutes per level, so that's more than an hour. It's more than two hours. Bless is one minute per level. Sorry. I thought it was ten minutes per level. Oh, it's, yeah, it is one minute per level. Yeah, so it's probably gone. It's one minute per level, so it's it's like more than ten minutes, so... Okay. Shouldn't be gone yet. How long ago did you cast it? In the fight with the Lich. Oh, okay. So. Uh, it feels like months ago. <laughs> Bless should still be up. My true thing is gone, though. So haste does increase your movement by 30. Uh, is that increase happened before my exhaustion or after? Before. Okay, so it's I'm back to normal, basically. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm going to charge I'm coming right for it. And with that movement, there will be a feint, and then there will be one attack. I don't even know if feint will work on this thing. Actually, with that attack, minus six, so my attack wall, because I am doing and going into defense. Okay. So a 36. Yeah. All right, you rush up, you punch the thing. 32 if there's no reduction? Yeah, 32 points of damage. Oh. Okay. Then. Mm-hmm. 
gonna move it to here. And then I'm gonna cast Acid Pit over here. So that the Is a reflex save. Yep. Nope. That is a fail. How much falling damage is that? It is. It's 70 feet deep. <laughs> okay. That is 7d6. That doesn't look to be very effective from what you can tell, Barmy. You see Barmy poking his head over the edge. Uh, I think you pissed it off. That's okay. All right. Morana. Uh, Morana goes in, sees giant hole in the ground. Hmm. With haste, double move to here, and she just kind of looks at the hole and goes, no. And uh, that's going to be her turn for now, because 70 feet down, not a whole lot she can do at the moment. Alright. Walks. Yep. Actually walk over. Well, okay. And, uh, wait for this thing to pop up. If it can. Let's tap up. Yes. I will walk further into the room. Take aim and shoot at this creature. Not sure it's going to work, but I'll try. Creature's not there. It's at the bottom of a hole right now. Oh, sh- then. Arc. Rainbow shots. <laughs> <laughs> I know Atep is good, but I don't think she's going to like Angelina Jolie wanted arrows 70 feet down into a hole. <laughs> hey, instead of a pot of gold, it's a pit of golem at the end of the rainbow. Just, just turn <laughs> the arrow. Yeah, just turn it. Bend the shot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I think I'll pass and wait for my turn. All right. Aww. No fun. Aww. Is, is there some kind of feat tree I could get where I could deflect arrows and redirect them at enemies? So I what could the hell? Like, like mirror a type of shots on the people around corners. <laughs> Golem can do nothing at the bottom of a pit. Uh, Marcus. I mean, it can try and climb out. Is it programmed to do that? It is not. It's <laughs> just stuck there. It's just going to melt away. Well, it'll be taking acid it's gonna damage, take damage from being yeah. in the hole. Oh, there, it's an acid pit. Okay. Yeah, it is. But it's the dumb robot. Yeah, it sits there. <laughs> uh, it, no one is in line of sight, so it does nothing. It can't see. Oh, because it probably only has a 60 foot range. No, it has very specific rules. It takes nine points of damage. Okay. <laughs> and uh, in two more rounds, uh, it has to make a fortitude save or it's going to be broken. Okay. <laughs> the pit literally is going to break the robot. Uh, assuming it's considered an object, which it probably is, but... Seems to start showing some cracks and whatnot from what you can tell, Barmy. Army kind of crosses his arms and sits down and watches over the edge. Well, uh, I guess you guys can do what you need to do. Uh, I'll let you know if it moves. Marcus. Uh, flying to see what is going on. A whole lot of nothing. Yeah. 
Apparently so. Literally, Barmy cross-legged, crossed his arms, staring down a hole of acid. Yeah, that's different. Nice, Sven. I didn't know you'd picked up that spell. Yeah, I did. I mean... Yeah, I'll just double move to there, basically. All right. Barmy. I need a reflex save. Is the pit growing? No. Pits have this weird rule where if you start your turn adjacent to it, you have to make a reflex save of like 15 or fall in yourself. I'm not expecting you to fail unless you're rolling that one. Yeah, even if I'm sitting cross-legged, that's pretty funny. Yeah, it's just part of pit rules. It's fine. It would have been funny if you failed, I'll say that. Yes, yes it would. And this will be a much more intriguing situation before the golem breaks. <laughs> so what are you doing, Barmy? Same. Like, Barmy's like physically just like, uh, I guess I could do this. Then. Yep. I was just thinking I'll add insult to injury, basically. Okay. Gonna fly over here and shoot it with an acid arrow. Okay. Now you're just rubbing it in. Yeah. 21. Uh, yeah, that hit. Three more acid, and that acid arrow will last four rounds, so he's going to take another additional 2d4 every round. Okay. Three damage. Worth it. <laughs> Marana. Marana's still just looking at the hole and going... I got nothing. Antigly a mantic fight. Yep. Walks with birds. He'll just be readying a uh, power attacking destructive smite should it come within range. Okay. Atepa doing the same, just waiting for something to shoot. Exactly. All right. So it will take acid damage mm-hmm. from being in pit. And then nine. The nine points of damage. All right. Marcus. I mean, other than, like, waiting for people to do the equivalent of shooting the fish in the barrel, I'm still down some hit points, so I'll spontaneously cast some healing. Okay. You don't happen to have a restoration, do you? Actually, wreck on that. Marcus pulls out the restoration wand and zaps Barmy with it. Yay! Very happy. I thought we had one of those in the party. Yeah, Marcus is carrying it. Barmy, give me another reflex save. Now he looks actually a little bit chipper to be sitting at the edge of the pool. Then, acid arrow damage? Mm-hmm. Another five. Figured it out. If I hit something first before anyone else, it'll immediately be disabled or dead the next action. A 13 synergy. Okay. What else are you doing, Finn? That was just... The effects from last time. I'm just floating up here looking at it. Okay. Marana. I files nails, leans against wall, waits for it to disappear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Use the frag grenade. Walks. Same deal. Still ready. Yep. Ready to smash. Yep. Ready to flurry arrow. Exactly. I walk out up and look down the pit to see what's happening. Uh, okay. As you look down, the golem takes some damage and uh, potentially gets destroyed. It, it is a fortitude save, you said? Yeah. 
as Zatepa looks over the edge to see what's going on, you just see this golem crumble into this sizzling pool of acid and dissolve away. Yep. Melted construct. <laughs> deconstruct. Yeah, it's deconstruct now. And acid pit will disappear. After the pit returns back to normal, the distortion of the plinth is gone, and you can now make out something written in Thessalonian on this plinth. Lord Enkelrios Mancre Inib, of the house of Inib, master, venter, and beloved husband and father, an assassin's blade accomplished what hundreds of duels could not. So this is somebody's tomb. Interesting. Ox will uh, look into all the nooks and crannies again on the hunt for phylactery still. Okay. The sarcophagus itself is only gold-plated. It would take many hours of work to remove this plating. Of greater value are the two star sapphire eyes and the dozen amethyst grapes. The wine stored in the alcoves seems to be well-preserved. In all, there are 68 bottles in this room. Damn. Bottles of wine? Yes. Happy milk. Oh, you're too excited. You're right, it's only 64 bottles. You do not find anything that you think would be a phylactery. Okay. These bottles, what kind of corks are they using? Or are they magically sealed? Thessalonian corks. I don't know. So they're actual natural wine corks and such. Yeah. And they look like they've actually held up to the test of time? From being in the Runeforge, yeah, it seems so. I mean, there is preservation going on here, so. But would it preserve the inside of the wine or the wine continue to do its aging? Are you going to uncork it to find out? Yes. How many bottles are there? I'm going to grab the one that looks the youngest. Okay. We're talking a difference of a few years, maybe, over the course of 10,000 years ago, because th this was a Thessalonian Venter's tomb. But they look preserved, so I'm judging it off the corks. Does any of the bottles look like they, it has been touched recently? No. Damn it. Each of the bottles are worth 100 gold. Okay. Is that before or after we take them out of the Runeforge? Good question. Barmy's uncorked one. He's sniffing. It smells good. Swig. Tastes great. Hasn't gone vinegary. These are perfectly preserved. Oh, that's fantastic. I will roll my appraise here in just a second to determine what the value of the wine inside itself is worth as an alcohol connoisseur. <laughs> Marcus, give me an arcana check, I guess, is what you were going for with that question. Yeah, something along those lines. Apologies for derailing potentially important stuff. This is something Barbie can't ignore. 
<laughs> As Barmy is grabbing bottles off the shelf and taking swigs out of this bottle he's opened, Marcus, you, you get the feeling that the magical preservation on these and whatnot, and the way Barmy's acting, these could easily be components for the Rune Forge for gluttony. Oh. Oh no. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> due to that fact, you think that while the preservation magics in the Rune Forge, many things that would be taken out of it, similar to the library when they were removed from the library, mm-hmm. the age ravages of time instantly took effect and destroyed them. In essence, you think these bottles of wine might survive it because they are sin infused in air quotes. Barmy, take care of those. Oh, I will. I... Big shit-eating halfling grin. By which I mean, please don't drink them, because we might need them later. Oh, 64? <laughs> there were 68. Have you already drank four? <laughs> that was quick. I'll roll a fortitude check in a minute, but um, we'll go with that. <laughs> that was literally me saying the wrong number, but I'll go with it. All right. Hey, it works. <laughs> okay. I think I have the 64th in my hand. All right. So this Man. is number five. In the span hey, of felt- seconds, he's devoured whole bottles. <laughs> right? Uh, and I felt bad before when I was drinking a lot, but yeah, he got me beat by a long shot. I have trained my whole life for this moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it... Let's just say we might need them for the rune forge itself. Are you christening something? Remember how we need components from different places? Roy? Yeah. We might oh. just need... So they're using these. bottles of the alcohol. Also, I'm reasonably certain that they are... Mm, yeah, uh, I, I can't think of a better word than infused with, you know, Thessalonian magic. Oh, it certainly tastes magical. Yeah, and the sin of gluttony in particular, because of where we are and what they are. So, I can't guarantee there won't be side effects beyond the normal oh oh beyond normal oh um well maybe I'm not saying there will be I'm just saying I can't guarantee there won't be well I guess I'll find out soon enough but I'll stop after this one for now thank you for now aka 10 minutes you give me more credit than I'm due repeat that mistake these don't taste like a mistake my friend for sure. With the uh, probably half-drank bottle that is now open number five, he will offer a taste to others. It's quite fantastic. Very tasty, well-preserved. It's got a very robust aroma and fantastic. Where else can you say you've drank a 10,000-year-old wine? This is a moment to have. I was about to ask you to share some, but uh, after what Marcus said, I'll I'll abstain. Walks will kind of upturn a side of his lip and 
Just shove your hand to the side, walk out of the room. Well, while we're here, the statue has some gemstones that are part of it. I'm kind of surprised people haven't already opted to try and extract them. Well, I do feel as though the type of people that would have been able to gain access to this place would probably be the type of people that wouldn't be interested in doing so. Oh, no, I was talking about us. I'm kind of surprised nobody's actually gone for the shiny gems. I was a little occupied, being honest. (laughs) Seems like effort. She turns and starts walking away. Away. Oh, and the reason I had that many bottles disappears because I was hasted. <laughs> oh, does that mean? When you say amethyst grapes, does that mean like a flavor of grapes or a actual grape-sized amethyst? On the gold-plated sarcophagus, on this lid of it, the sapphire eyes set into the face, the mask, are worth a thousand gold each. And there's a bunch of grapes in his crossed arms. One hand is holding a bunch of grapes and the other hand is holding a mottled bottle of wine. Each of the grapes in this sculpture is an amethyst polished gem stone. And each of those are worth 300 gold. Ah, okay. They are amethyst shaped to be grapes due to this person. Got it. Cool. Mm, is the bottle or maybe one of the grapes loose? The bottle is a sculpted piece in the hand. The gemstones could be easily removed. No, oh, I, w- I was thinking that if if you wiggle it, it could open something hidden. Oh, no. None of them are secret passage triggers or anything like that. Dang it. Are you attempting to open the sarcophagus? No, because you look sound happy when you ask me that. <laughs> Is it trapped? Teppa will forever be paranoid of that. <laughs> yes. Wait, he sounded happy. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> or rather, do I notice if there's a trap? Barmy does not get the sense of any traps, nor does a Teppa and searching around it thoroughly for mechanisms, traps, etc. It seems fine. Mm-hmm. It seems the only protection that this room had was that golem. Let's get the gems off and then let's see what's inside, maybe. I doubt there's phylacteries inside, but it doesn't hurt to look. Okay. A couple of you work together to move the lid. Hmm. And this sarcophagi is empty. No body, no phylactery, nothing inside. How many of the grape gems was there? A dozen. Twelve. Okay. And it's absolutely empty. There, There's nothing in it. Totally empty. And nothing on the bottom of the lid. Nope. What was the name on the sarcophagus again? And Kelrios Mancray Inib. Would I know anything about that name? Knowledge nobility. Guys? Huh? Where's Wox? 
I went for a walk, as he is kin to do. Marana walks a little further and then kind of leans against the wall and looks to the Teppa and just kind of points the thumb over her shoulder. Huh? No, we were just weren't sure if you had left us or... Or if something happened. The sarcophagi is empty. Do you have any ideas where we should look, Wax? No. We just hastily went through a bunch of the other rooms, so should probably take a little bit more careful inspection of those places. Marcus, you have rolled a nat 20 on your perception. What are you trying to look for here? Empty sarcophagus doesn't seem right, so I'm wondering if there's something hidden here. All right, you're inspecting the inside. You're all but crawling into this thing yourself, trying to find something. It is not a passageway. There's no false bottom, anything. It's it's just empty. What about the lid? So where is this guy? From your very thorough inspection, you can tell that someone was laid to rest here. Oh. There was a body at one point, but then... Someone moved it and looked at it. Or, or maybe it moved itself? Mm, possibly. I mean... Maybe the lich was in there. Who knows? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. He was the one hanging out here. It's his place, basically. Why wouldn't he be the one that the whole tomb was about? Did I actually recognize anything with the 28 nobility about the name? From all the context clues that you've had from the burial chamber or internment chamber just outside this room and this room itself, it seems this individual was very wealthy, very well-respected, other than being assassinated. A little provisio there. Yeah. Uh, someone didn't like him, but for the most part, like he had enough wealth and popularity and whatnot amongst his own family, at the very least, where they paid to have this whole room made just for him, while the rest of the prestigious family members are just in sarcophagi lining a wall. He's that much above everyone else, mm -hmm. at least in wealth. And they even sprung for the creation of a golem to protect him through eternity. So. Wait, these are also sarcophagi in these outlets? These outlets are where the wine racks were. Oh. That held the okay. remaining bottles of wine. But in your checks, Marcus, the lich told you his name. And that name was not the same name as this person's yeah. name. So don't think that they're the same individual. There's potential that they're related, but you're not positive on that fact. The lich could have just been someone appointed by the rune lord yeah. of gluttony to look over this wing. Yeah, the gluttony people were, were so into memorializing these people that they paid to have permanent tombs in a prestigious magical research facility? Yeah, okay. Maybe the leech was one of the guardians of the tomb and decided he was gonna guard it forever. Maybe. Well, seems we've exhausted every possibility this way. 
Marcus has a sea invisibility constant, right? Yes. Okay. Marcus, you got the magic eyeballs. Nothing in here is ringing up magical or enchanted, is it? I mean, we're still looking for a phylactery, and if a lich was guarding this place for eternity, maybe the tomb itself is part of it. The sarcophagus? Would that be a phylactery? Not normally, but... Uh, Marcus will just scan the room with Detect Magic and just assess everything in here. Nothing's out of the normal. Yeah, I figured. Now, if the phylactery's something to do with this place, it's not here. At least not obviously. I don't think any of us have found any sign of hidden doors or anything, so... So, what should our next move be? I think that's everything in this wing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, we never took a close look at this room or that central chamber or the library. Yeah, the library had a bunch of books and scrolls and things in it. We should probably catalog that, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. You lead the way, then. Yeah, so the library was this way? Yeah. That's a small room. The various lenses and magnifying glasses built into the contraption around the examination table are worth 100 gold each. There are 10 lenses in all. The research books are worth a total of 10,000 gold. They detail various experiments, summoning rituals, chemical concoctions, and steps that Rune Lord Zutha's minions followed to attain their various states of undeath. Altogether, they provide a plus five circumstance bonus on all knowledge arcana and knowledge religion checks made regarding necromancy and undead creatures. A character who spends at least a few hours looking through these books quickly comes across a fairly significant section detailing Rune Lord Zutha's final task for the ravenous crypts. The development of a place and method for him to retreat from the world into stasis should Thessalon come to a sudden end. Zutha has asked his agents in the Runeforge to develop a way to split his phylactery, a book entitled The Gluttonous Tome, into three pieces, which could then be hidden in the world far from Thessalon. Then, after the dust of the Empire's fall had settled, these three fragments could be brought back together to call him back from the beyond. The fact that Asvin and the other now-destroyed necromancers that used to work here accomplished this goal is recorded, but no indication of where the three parts of the phylactery were sent can be found in these notes. Of course. Well, that would have been too easy. That confirms this is a lich. Marcus, there's some sort of divination that you can do that can help us find them. Probably. Uh, now's probably not the best time, but yes. I mean, we we have a lich here whose phylactery we haven't found. Let's deal with that before we go searching for the phylactery of a rune lord, who's probably more powerful. Yep. Just priorities. But yes. This, this is definitely something worth following up on. So where to next? I'd like to take another look into his uh, chamber, if 
you all don't mind. Sure, let's go there. Yep. I would like to take 20 and search every possible thing that I can. That would be a 43 perception. The surgical equipment here is crafted from silver and has jewelry, decorations, and whatnot that seems to have been looted from nearby crypts. In total, the stuff you find in here is worth 1,200 gold. I'll uh, break out the adamantine hammer and uh, give pretty much each five-foot section a good thwack to see if anything comes loose. Other than whatever destruction to the floor tiles and whatnot you caused, nothing. Hmm. Even back in this little hidden chamber again? Yep. Here somewhere. Marcus. Mm-hmm. Give me an intelligence check. Just raw intelligence. Yep. Okay. As you watch Walks with the Bird smash up this room trying to find any hidden anythings, you realize there's been a lot of experimentation on bodies and whatnot, and it dawns on you. The missing body from that sarcophagus and how not every sarcophagus that walks smashed as he was floating around trying to check those. It, not all of those had bodies in them. You realize Azavan was taking the bodies of these interned and using them in his necromatic experimentations. Mm-hmm. And the fresh corpses you've seen now are likely, given he gave you books of abjuration magic, the corpses of the deceased wizards from the abjurant halls. So these are fresh materials, quote-unquote, for him to work with. So for a long time, he only had the desiccated or... Well, not so desiccated given the preservation, but he only had the remains from the tombs to work on, and he's now gotten new materials. Yeah. And given his conversation that he had with you, his patience and whatnot, it's very clear that any interest he had in you were either in clearing out the rest of this place for him so he could collect those materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you becoming materials for him. Mm-hmm. Either way, he was fine. And he was in no rush. Walks. Yeah? I just had a thought. What's going on? Okay. Background and context here. Necromancer in a crypt has access to a lot of bodies. Yep. He's making undead out of them. Obviously, we know about the conflict with the Abjurant Chambers. They got wiped out. It looks like he obviously got a lot of his new bodies from there. Older bodies... Well, we've come across a bunch of empty tombs, so... Likely cause. We've been searching the bodies... We've been searching for items carried. We haven't exactly been searching the bodies. We had a table where he was performing dissections. What if he literally put his phylactery inside the body of one of his minions? You see him kind of 
absentmindedly twirl his hammer. Um, interesting. Shall we go retracing some steps? I mean, if we want to be thorough, it would explain why we haven't found a hiding place yet. And we've seen evidence that he's done surgical stuff, so... I think it's worth looking. Do you think the body itself would be detectable, or being encased in a corpse would shield it? Out of character. GM. Mm-hmm. There are various materials that block divination explicitly as part of the description of detection spells and what have you. Where does bodies fall in that? Well, normally they wouldn't. But any type of thing where putting something inside a pocket, not even like an extra dimensional space, but just like a normal clothes pocket or something, anything like that which would block your sight would definitely be blocked by just flesh. Yeah. Right? Okay. But if you're talking about like putting like some sort of lead case or something like that around a flak tree and putting that whole divinized protection, whatever proofed case inside someone's torso or something and then stitching them up, letting them wander around or whatever, that an interesting thought. Yeah. Can't say it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Does seem like a lot of work to go through. Then again... Timeless undead who's dealing with a whole bunch of backstabbing political rivals. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Backing characters. The normal method for detecting magic I would use is, is literally the cantrip. So that's line of sight. So that would be blocked by anything like that, yes. Well, easier to uh, sift through some gore than to patiently dissect a corpse again. Yes. Although, if that was done, then the body would probably already have some marks on it that it was cut to conceal something. Knowledge religion. Which might also be concealed by, you know, marks of violence destroying said undead, but... Walks, you've killed enough undead throughout your life, and Marcus, you've dealt with enough as well. They don't usually leave corpses. When an undead is destroyed, they typically completely deteriorate or leave maybe fragments of, like, bone or something. To leave a corpse, as it were, fairly intact, is not common. Oh, sure. Did I say undead? I meant just corpse. Well, Marcus's prodding was that he was, like, hiding it in an undead minion, not just a random corpse. Okay. Because on the basis that an undead minion could be ordered around and could, you know, move. That lieutenant dude, he disintegrated, right? Yes. Did any of the corpses not... Besides the massive corpse pile in that central chamber? Trying to think anything in this wing, no. Everything here has disintegrated and has left nothing left. Even the golem, which normally wouldn't disintegrate, it would have crumbled of some form, but even it was melted in acid. So no, there was nothing left of that either. 
if you'd like, if he was really clever, he could have kept the sword somewhere in the abjurant halls. If that's really as wiped out as we think, it'd be pretty low risk to divide our forces. I could stay behind and go through all those corpses and you could search those halls. Doesn't sound too bad. I mean, I kind of get the impression that the Gerontals were wiped out, but yeah, that's, that's a very sneaky place to hide something. We could certainly do that. Depending exactly what they are abjured against, it would be a perfect place to hide something. Indeed. It would be after they were gone. The question is, when did he hide it? Yep. Let's search what corpses remain. And make sure we haven't missed any of the minions I don't think we have but double check Wax will uh go out to that central chamber and uh start going through corpses like a well practiced hand the abattoir yeah what remains here of the bodies is just bits and pieces where they had been picked apart for the dissections as you redouble your efforts to Make sure there's nothing left in the ravenous crypts. You find nothing. Nothing new, nothing missed. Okay. Nothing in body parts. You have been thorough. The only other thing I can think of is to go back through the all the rooms. And just to make sure no container is left unopened. Ryan is going to check back down. Oh, Fen's already down here. Okay. So Marana is checking what down there, specifically? He's going to do a perception check to see if there's anything that might have been missed. These are sarcophagus alcoves. Some mummies popped out of here at you. The ones that didn't have mummies or urns seem to have been emptied for parts. Well, she's just going to be checking for, like, make sure there's not any false walls or anything. Other than the one that led back into his room, no. Okay. There are no other secret passages that you can find. Looks around for a few minutes and then looks at Atepa and Fen and kind of shrugs and starts walking back out. Oh, well. All the alcoves in this entrance, were they all actually dug through? Not earlier, but as you are doing this thorough search, there's nothing in any of those okay. anymore. As they get to the edge of the pit here, she will look at Atepa and hold out a hand to get help her get across. Okay. Morana feels Atepa hugging her very tightly. She'll fly across and let go over when they land on the other side. Yeah, Wax will also help others across that need it. Thank you. Not a problem. So I don't think anything is left here. I don't see how we could have been more thorough. No, it seems as though he did have some alternate method for storing it. Shall we go check out the abjurant halls? Atepa takes one last look at the round room to see if she's missed something. Nothing catches your eye. Does seem that for the moment there's nothing else to do here. If there is any sort of hiding spot that has eluded you 
or your whole group's quite very thorough search of this wing. It would have to be something that is specifically only known to the denizens of this wing somehow. Mm -hmm. I think last session, Marcus mentioned something along the lines of if it was him hiding his phylactery or something like that, he would probably have done it like on the astral plane somehow or made it ethereal. And even Marcus, who can see into those planes, hasn't spotted anything. So, yeah. Okay. This statue down here where I am placing a ping on the map, that is the entrance to the Abdurant Halls. I need to scroll a bit because I was not expecting you to go to Abdurant Halls. Mm-hmm. Okay, so behind the statue of Bellamarius, a heavy-set woman with a sneering visage and imperious stance, dressed in a flowing dress and wielding a halberd, the entrance to the Abdurant Halls are behind her statue. And which one is that? This one. We'll start walking that way. Same. Yep. Okay. The approach of non-envious characters. So don't start walking down the hallway yet. As you approach the statue and start to circle behind it, whether flying or on foot, you hear a booming voice resounding a command, Stop! The source, a large disembodied human mouth stretched across the ceiling of this section of this tunnel entrance. It continues, There are the abjurant halls of eager striving. Know that your powers will be crushed and you shall die. You are not worthy. Charming. Is this another magic mouth? Yes. Kind of figured. Do I detect any traps or anything when I approached this hallway and the mouth started talking? No. Sneer, raise eyebrow, continue. I think Wax will uh, take out the adamantine hammer and just try to knock the head off. <laughs> okay. So you're removing the head of Billamarius from the statue? Yes. Okay. These statues are all uh, roughly 40 feet tall. I'm about 12 feet right now. So... Oh, but I'm flying, so... I'll float up. All right. Bonk. Aerial bonkage is applicable. Does it come off cleanly like a normal statue, or is it particularly hardy? It is particularly hardy. It is very clear that these statues serve some importance beyond just being representations of the representative lord. They are magically worked stone sculptures with extra abjuration spells put on top of them to preserve them, even more than the normal wall structures. I am reminded of the Runeforge, and I don't want to compromise its potential function, so I will cease my, my hammerings. You do deface it okay. quite a bit, but you do not fully remove the head. Okay. Marana will be following Barmy. Okay. Continue on. 
You see at the end of the hallway a staircase. I believe you can see it from where you are right now, yes? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm approaching it now. Yep. A wide staircase of stone descends into a large, partially caved-in chamber. The murals and decorative bas reliefs that the walls had been here are all blasted and fractured from what must have been some titanic war of magics. Sooty humanoid bones are scattered here and there and flames sporadically flicker along the walls and floors in the room, still resonating with the powers unleashed here. Electrical discharges spark from a silver rod protruding from the floor in the center of the room. It almost looks like the metal rod has fused with the stone floor. It's planted here sort of like one would plant a flag on an area that's been conquered. Or like you would put a spike or a, a pike down with someone's head on it or something like that. Like some sort of war memorial type thing is what this looks like. This rod, does it look like it's actually planted into it? Like an actual like quote unquote flagpole? Or does it look like it might be more similar to a, a rod? The metal of the rod has been melted. They drove it into the stone floor with enough force to actually get it in there a little bit and then melted it to make sure it wouldn't move. Okay. Knuckle tap it and go around it. As Barmy does, Marilla will go past the other side. So when I knuckle tap the rod, what did it sound like? What's it made out of? So as people move into the chamber and Barmy approaches this thing nonchalantly and gives it a little tap, it's as if it was made of silver, potentially. Marcus, your vision, you know that this is some sort of abjuration rod. Go and give me a spell check as Barmy taps this thing. Also, Atepe, as you move through the room and you begin looking around, as soon as Barmy taps the thing, you know that he's just, in doing so, has set off some sort of trap. I didn't even detect it. You did not. Balls. I rolled your your uh, trap sense thing. And, oh, that's uh, what that really shitty roll was in the chat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was. Can a I give? Can you use a hero point, GM? Like, come on. <laughs> For the anti-hero. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not the I'm not the GM rolling the dice. I can't. I don't have points. To use. He rolled it. He gets to use his own points. <laughs> yeah, use a GM point to re-roll. <laughs> Your perception total was 24, and it was not enough. Uh, you, you failed by eh. 10 to notice this trap. Eh, happens. All right. Uh, Marcus. I'll blame it on the al- al- alcohol. Barmy. As you're approaching, just starting down this staircase, as Barmy taps on this thing, you, you recognize a rod of cancellation. But it is badly damaged. As Barmy taps on this thing, it releases a spell effect of Mage's Disjunction at 17th level. What the fuck? My favorite spell, Get Wrecked. All magic items or spells within the effect area will be dealt with this as it does a wave or or a pulse. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I'm not worried about the items being turned off temporarily. I'm more concerned with all of our bags of holding temporarily popping. No, no. They save or they're destroyed. There's no temporary about this. 
Permanent magic items must make a successful will save or be turned into a normal item for the duration of this spell. Boo. <laughs> this is not the 3.5 version. We need will saves. Yeah. How many will saves? Will save is 23 to okay. negate. Otherwise, if you fail this save, your magic items, because they use your save, will... Yeah. Are we rolling one per person or one per item? One per person. Oh, Most simply, oh. yeah. Yeah, because you all have a number of magic items. And again, all the stuff use your saves. Uh, me. Yes. I, I'm, I'm using a hero point on that one. So Finn failed. The Tepe has failed. Uh, <laughs> Am I in range? It is a 30-foot burst. I think you are out of it. Okay. I don't see a marker on the map. I think Finn is out of range. It is right in front of Barmy. Okay. Oh, I am. I am just barely out of range. Like, if it's in front of me, I think he's out. Yeah, he's just barely out of the range. That's Whoa. good for Finn. <laughs> I was about to use a hero point, but I'll take it back. Marcus rolls a nat 20 and saves. Uh, Marana fails. Yeah, I'll use one hero point. I've got one left after that to add a plus five, I think it is. I forget what it adds. If you just use it to add to the result and not re-roll. Regardless, I think it adds enough. Hey, quiet. Mm-hmm. Note yeah. that in uh, Mage's Destruction, if your saving throw is a nat one, they're destroyed. So that is still there. It's just not as easy. Oh, yeah. And Barmy fails. I don't think my plus two is included there. No, it's not. So do I barely make that? Counting that plus two, then it would save. <laughs> just meet the DC. Yeah, I did not want my 63 bottles of wine to go splewing everywhere. <laughs> the real tragedy there, right? You're damn skippy. <laughs> Because then it, this would become the Hall of Barmy's Wrath. Fuck envy. Okay. I will cry over spilt milk and wine. So this disjunction pulse just bursts out when you tap this thing. Oops. I promise I didn't say it. It then continues to spark in every couple seconds or so. Now that I know it's there, can I tell if it was a one-time thing or if it's going to continue trying to do this? Uh, yeah, now you may check it with your traps stuff. Marana just kind of slowly turns her head to look at Barmy. Meanwhile, Marcus is retreating back up the corridor behind walks. Huh. I'm just going to keep, like, trying to figure out what I need to do to break this, because I don't... You never, I've never actually had to roll afterwards for magical traps, so I don't know what I actually need to roll to figure out if this is going to keep going and such. Normally you tell me if that happens or not. Yeah, uh, it's a perception to examine this trap. So it looks like it's made out of silver, right? Yeah, that's about all you can tell. This is some sort of magical rod or staff and it's broken in some way. You don't know if that was a one-time thing. It's still sparking, so it might happen again. I suggest for everyone to get back down the hole real quick. Yeah, this is magic stuff. This is outside of your expertise. You have failed this perception check again to detect this thing. 
even with your magical trap sensing stuff, this is beyond you. I'm going to hand off my belt of bags of wine holding and as someone else walks down the hall with that, and I'm like, one moment, I'm going to try and break this trap. Majigger stick. Furtive, I'm sending you a DM. I am literally going to attempt to grip and break the stick in half. You said it's silver, so I don't think it's too strong. I might be able to break it. Rana is also going to walk far away. Yeah, I, I imagine everyone but me has gone back down the hallway. So what checks do you need to do against it? That would be a disabled device to try to disarm this trap. Hosey has just sent me a DM with more specification on Mage's disjunction on how it interacts with artifacts and raise the question of, I don't think we have any, but I'm not sure. Do any of you have a artifact on you? Minor artifact or otherwise? Fen and Walks both do. They were both outside the range of this thing, so. I have some weird magic items that are from like miscellaneous or whatever in this section, but I don't think any of them are artifacts. It wouldn't make sense to me that they are. Unless I'm misremembering, we've only found two actual artifacts that we're carrying with us so far. Right, but some magical items are considered minor artifacts. Even if you can craft them and whatnot, they they still are technically artifacts. I wouldn't know what artifacts I have on me, actually. You should have the Anathema Archive. And I gave away the the pen to someone else. Did you? Yep. It was either you or Fen. I do not remember that at all. I think it probably would have been given to Marcus. I don't see Fen doing divination stuff. Right. That's why he gave it away. Okay. And Marcus, what did you say you gave me? The anathema? Yeah, you were looking after the Anathema archives so that Marcus didn't have it. Yeah, that's right. Marcus didn't trust himself with it. <laughs> I do have that. His apathy ignores him to any temptation. Pretty much, yeah. No, I do not have the Revelation Quill on me anymore. Okay, I didn't write it down, but if you're saying that you would have given it to Marcus, I might have just completely forgotten. All right, there is a 1% chance per caster level of affecting powerful items such as artifacts. Hmm. So I need to roll a percentile. Uh, Is that if they fail? No. This is a trap that's specifically meant to bone the entire party as hard as possible. Fair. It has been set up to do a wave of how can I most affect anyone that's yeah. Finally find a real magical trap, and that's when my perception fails. <laughs> I'm assuming that, given the way it works, the will save is just for protecting the items. There is no save against every magical effect being dispelled. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, a percentile roll, we are aiming for 17 or lower, because it has to be within the caster level range to affect an artifact. So even at like caster level 20, you, you only have a 20% chance. 
That might be your target. Well, yeah, that is my <laughs> target. <laughs> 17 or lower. Yay. 77. No artifact destruction potentials. Just miss. Happen. Oh, thank okay. God. Uh, so as Barmy is attempting to disable this device, this is magic stuff. He really doesn't know what he's doing with it. Yes, I do. Not really. You do not manage to disable this thing with that 32 roll. You do not botch it by five or worse, which means you don't set it off again, which is good. <laughs> and I but you also a better don't idea succeed. Which so, to twist the knobs. There are no knobs to twist. Exactly. <laughs> Trying to find the ways that this rod can be basically picked apart for this situation. Where's my button? Round two. Fight. If that doesn't do it, I can't do much better. Literally only one higher. All right. Like he damn near like <laughs> spits, cracks the neck and the knuckles and tries again. All right. Oh, no. It's crackling and charging and you hear like a high pitched whir and smells some ozone as you do something to it and all of that stops. You believe that you have managed to disarm this right before it discharged another burst. All right, now I'm going to attempt to sunder it. How obvious would that be? Obvious what? That Barmy's about to try and break it more. So it can't be turned back on. He's adjusting his bracers and making sure he's got the adamantine knuckle guard on in his hand wraps, getting ready to punch this thing pretty obvious. It's like I've got one knee behind it, I've got one hand gripping the top, and I'm about to crack it right above my, where my knee's at. Barmy? Barmy? What? what? <laughs> Marana backs up out of the corridor and round the corner. <laughs> mm-hmm. That maybe not the breaking? Atepa also retreats. Why not? To the other side of Marana. <laughs> The, the other side of the entryway from Marana, rather. That yeah, was uh, a yeah. rod of... Uh, it was a rod of cancellation, yes? Yes. Finn has taken shelter behind the statue of Bellamarius, kind of peeking around it tentatively. That used to be a rod of cancellation. That thing could destroy items. That thing could destroy extremely potent artifacts. Well, maybe artifacts is the wrong word, but... Tell him it could destroy his mug. That'll make him think. I mean, yes. If you set that thing off, it's not behaving the way it should do. And if you break it, that might make things worse. Like, we're in a magical demi-plane. Breaking it might make things worse. Okay, so all the things you said really wants me to break it more. Except for the part where breaking it might make it do what it's supposed to do. That makes no sense. Okay. The thing you just did should not have been possible for that item to do. What? So now you're telling me it's doing things it shouldn't do? Yes. It's obviously broken. It's obviously damaged or defective in some fashion. Whether that was intentional or not, I don't know. But just look at it. That is not how it's meant to be. 
And the fact that it's unleashing magic like that, it's releasing the magic of the spell that's used in creating it. That shouldn't be possible, but ultimately, we are in a magical demi-plane. We are in a plane of existence that only exists because of magic. That thing is very, very anti-magic and behaving in an anti-magic way it shouldn't be possible to do under normal circumstances. I would, you know, not like to be present when the demi-plane implodes if that's what happens when you break it. What's the worst that can happen? We get ejected to the ethereal planer? We all get ejected to who knows where, and nobody can get home unless you happen to be ejected with me. I mean, you think we would all go different places? Unless you all happen to have prepared plane shift today. So what you tell me, is this thing has been here for, I'm going to appraise here to try and guess how long this has been here? Years. Plural. So this thing has been here for a long time, is spazzing out, and could potentially destroy this whole plane. I think it's fine, Barmy. Go for it. Destroying the whole plane is probably an overestimate, but if it were, for example, to destroy that section that you're standing in, while you're standing in it, bad things may happen. I think you're good to... Good to go, Barmy. Now, I don't think I necessarily want to break it yet. I'm going to do an assessment and engineering here to see if I can remove the section of stone that it is tied into. Furtive, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yes and no. Yeah, you can probably remove this flagstone from the floor and get this thing portable. Yeah, that's exactly it. Thank you. I don't know what yeah. you're going to do with it after that, but yeah, you can do that much. I'm probably going to try and hit a rune lord in the head with it. Oh, God. <laughs> you know? But I'm not saying that out loud. I'm just going to put the mage's disjunction inside my bag of holding. <laughs> I said uh-huh. that. That's, that's exactly what I'm doing, actually. That's what I was going to do first. That's incredibly <laughs> dumb. Don't do it. You know, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm not going to say you it's a me? good idea. Have you but... met me? You know, the player in me <laughs> wants to say, let him cook. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh my God, man. <laughs> go off, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Barmy's going to do Barmy things, let it happen. And it is let's peak Barmy. See what the consequences are. Like, you literally just told him that this little metal stick can blow up a plane in his head. And he's like, well, I don't want to break it. I want to take it. And that's what he starts doing. He starts very carefully chiseling around said stick to remove it from its position. WMD. And I have improvised weapons. So this is going to be easy peasy. Like, this is literally a bar fighter's nuke. <laughs> oh, this is so much funnier now that I'm thinking about it, rather than just saying it. You went high or low, Barmy? Oh, you know me. Halflings roll low, baby. High. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Use your GM point. No. <laughs> you had your choice. Live with the consequences. Oh, just a sec. Do I need to roll like a dexterity for like my actual chiseling for this? Is that what you're rolling for? Is to see if I 
I don't know what you're doing. Probably just see if it goes off in your face. To be fair, after all of that explained to me, I basically had like all of my stuff away from me while doing this. Does that make sense? Even to bar me? Yeah, but considering the length of your arms, 60 feet away from you is a stretch, literally. Okay, no, my stuff, not me. Oh, dear. This is... This is why I went around the corner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm theoretically out of range, but... Dear God, what's going to happen? <laughs> Bring the popcorn. Oh, God. I have ringside seats and, you know, a walk standing in front of me that hopefully helps. Unless, less, like, butthole puckered right now, then... Oh, no, keep puckering. <laughs> you failed on a 50-50. He's taking way too long. Oh, come on, this idea was great. If something bad happens, it's worth it. The idea was, like you said, peak fucking Barmy. Like, top of the hill, this is what Barmy does. If it goes bad, well, that's also what Barmy does. But worth. Oh, if it works? Oh, somebody's going to have a bad fucking day when I remember this. I really do hope this doesn't affect anybody else's character if this goes south. That would be unfair. You know, not far enough away. (laughs) But I will say, hearing hearing furtive sporadically explode (laughs) into laughter, 100% worth whatever happens to me right now. There we go. Yeah. Sure you don't want to turn the corner and go back down that one of those wings? I'm considering it. Okay. You might want to go hide in one of the sarcophagi. That might be the only way to protect yourself. Or just fly down the sarcophagus shaft and go hang out in the void for a few minutes. Yep. I'm already mildly screwed by this. <laughs> because all spell effects are gone. Yeah. Oh, that already happened, unfortunately. Like, I lost yeah. my freedom of movement. I don't know what else you lost. You also lost your permanent seed tongues. I thought it didn't affect permanent things. Oh, it definitely affects permanent no, things. that is a dispellable permanency spell. It's still dispellable. I thought that's if I failed, it would be dispelled. That's only no. against magic items. Yeah. Spells and spell effects, spell-like effects are just... Yeah. Yeah, the tongues, yeah, that's kind of a loss. But, I mean, it's not like I can't... I could probably later on pay you to redo it. I mean, it's, it's probably the worst thing that would happen if, depending on what this roll does. Yeah, I'm normally rolling around with, like, minimum 17 spells. Okay, active. the initial explosion oh, wasn't God. my fault. That was a bad roll on perception. Yeah, I am sorry about your buffs. That wasn't my fault. That was actually just a bad roll on perception. That wasn't even my roll. You I can mean, actually play that one on Furtive. Yeah, no, no, no. GM it's, point. It's, you you <laughs> touched the thing that triggered the trap, so I'm entirely blaming you for that, but no, it's, it's fine. Well, if I'd known it was a trap, I wouldn't have done that. Hey, if nothing <laughs> else... If I would have known it was pull- bad, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I can okay, that may not always be true for Barney. Level. It's fine. <laughs> What have we learned about touching strange poles? <laughs> oh, I cannot resist them. <laughs> Especially <laughs> the first time. if they are in the ground and permanent. I mean, handling uh, rods is always a very dangerous thing. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Moving on. Uh, Barbie. <laughs> okay. You have the removed this pole has built from... up. <laughs> you, you have uh, loosened this pole, removed the flagstone. It, it is loose in your hands. How does the pole feel mm-hmm. in your hands, Barmy? Nope, I'm waiting for the rest of that <laughs> sentence. He's not done. No, th- I am done. Th- period. Finish. Stare. Even though he lost the 50-50? Yes. I'm sus. Uh, Marcus, as you're watching this, go ahead and give me a um, arcana or a spellcraft, whatever you feel like. Anyone watching this, honestly, could make that check. A spellcraft? Okay. I don't think Marana's close enough to see what's going on anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you've worked your way to the other side Marcus of the room for does not know what the fuck Barmy's doing. <laughs> it's so dangerous uh, his brain can't work. Marcus is not one to that rule. And yet still knows what's happening. Oh my god. Walks, Marcus and Finn, all of you realize. All of you realize as he removes this flagstone and whatnot from the floor and has lifted this rod <gasps> that has been disabled. He has removed whatever powered the rod. The source of the power, the rune forge, is no longer attached to the rod. So if he takes this rod with him and tries to use it in the future, he's just going to be using it as a blunt object. <laughs> there is no way to undisable it at this point. So he has a silver rod in his head now. That's it. Connected to a flagstone. Okay. Right? Like he, <laughs> the, you know those joke weapons that are like, I'm going to use the stop sign or whatever. Yeah, like that's yeah. essentially what he's carrying around, right? Like this, this run over bent rod looking okay. thing. It's like a connected th- to some stone. It's like a street like rage. Block uh, but you uh, mentioned it can't be further disabled. So is the trap itself still active? No, the rod was the trap. The rod was the trap. Okay. And the stuff that powered the rod and was keeping it going and whatnot. Because as Marcus said, it shouldn't be doing what it was doing. Yeah. Barmy has disconnected it from that source that was causing that stuff to happen. Well, that's definitely not what I intended to happen. It was not. You failed your 50-50. Oh, I see. So then I actually did what they would want me to do instead of what I wanted to do. Cut! Yeah, Marcus Bullshit. got more of what he wanted than what Barmy wanted. Yes, <laughs> out of that. But still, literally, as Marcus was explaining what this thing did, all Barmy was imagining was bonk. Yeah, well, oh. you still have an improvised tink, 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 tink. <laughs> club, great club. But it won't magically explode. Nope. Correct. But I'm going to think it will. Go for it. Correct. Unless one of these three tells you otherwise. This is the point at which I think Barmy ought to be making a sense motive check. If anyone's trying to speak up, Walks would be trying to quiet them down. Okay. (laughs) No, no. This is funnier. Just let them think. Whatever. Barmy is not paying attention to anyone. He's very focused on the rod that he thinks is still very explosive. As he's very carefully and quote-unquote responsibly putting it into his bag. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Stop. He's fine. How far away are you? A long ways away. Are you yelling that? Pretty much, because he, he's like 60 to 80 feet yeah, or something like that, hiding behind a statue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm peeking out. <laughs> Why not? 
Is there something else that Marcus didn't tell me about this rod? I have no idea. It's fine. You're good. I don't trust it. Okay, this sense motive is directly at Walk's thing. It's fine. This is a great place to stop. Let's just <laughs> end it. Before this gets out of hand, because there could be a lot of roleplay from here. It's all been out of hand, <laughs> sir. This is going to turn into a who's on first routine real quick. Yep, yeah, yeah it is. You yeah. put a removable trap in front of me. It was already out of hand. I just put it in my hands. I didn't do nothing, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for now. To learn more about the show, the cast, etc., head over to wayward-expeditions.com.